This episode is sponsored by Gummy Cube. Did you know that 63% of all apps are discovered by App Store Search? So ranking for the right keywords is key to your app success. To find out more about App Store optimization and from the guys who can really help you, go to www.gummycube.com. That's gummycube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thanks to Gummy Cube for being such a great supporter of this show. This show is supported by Apptentive. Apptentive work with thousands of app developers to drive downloads, boost ratings, increase loyalty, and earn customer love. So to sign up for a free consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. So just before we start today's episode, I've got an update for you on the uh, outcome of Sticky9. This was the app that uh, we had an episode uh, a few days ago now, and uh, we uh, went through the process of a a promotional day for the app. Well, uh, only uh, six days after that uh, promotional day, then we uh, have been featured, get this, featured by Apple in the best new apps category, and it's right at the top. Uh, so uh, it's uh, a wonderful position to be in, great promotion by Apple. And uh, I'd like to think it's uh, directly as a result of our efforts on uh, getting onto Product Hunt and the promotion. And so it's a great outcome, obviously a great endorsement by Apple, the fact that they think it's a really good product and a wonderful story. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely worth uh, going and checking it out after this episode, of course. Uh, It's um, a bonus episode that was released on uh, Monday a few days ago. Uh, But for now, let me get into this episode today. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp, and uh, it's my great pleasure to go uh, everywhere all around the world and find the best app entrepreneurs, best startup founders, Uh, to be inspired by their journeys and what they're doing with uh, apps and mobile revolution. So uh, this is going to be the episode for you because if you are yourself building an app, uh, maybe starting a company, maybe just want to hear from really awesome stories, and it really is the show and the episode for you. Uh, Let me introduce, uh, we've got someone, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with Israel and a lot of entrepreneurs over there. So I'm really delighted to uh, speak with who I think has got the best name for any company. Uh, his name is uh, Orin Barzile, and he is the CEO and co-founder of, ready for this, Start a Fire. And uh, I know it's not the literal sense of starting a fire, but uh, we're going to talk about his company, his journey. Uh, Orin, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And so start, start a fire then. Tell us about that. It's not starting a fire, is it? We're not helping with people do that. But t- tell us about the, where you got the idea and what it, what it is you're doing. So start a fire is about enabling those who share and discover great content and make it spread and make it, and make it catch fire to get the credit and recognition they deserve for starting that fire or the, what we call the viral fire over the social media. Um, and we do that by using our patented technology that enables those who share great content to add a small badge at the bottom right corner of the screen that says, who shared that content? And what other content recommends for easy to read? So imagine, for example, that you have 10,000 Twitter followers and you share great content. 
and then your followers are resharing that content. So you would like to make, to make sure that their followers, followers, and so on, will know first, and maybe will also become your followers, that way you increase your audience. So that's about what Startafire is all about. Startafire is about enabling those who share content, it can be individuals, or it can be professionals, or even brands, to get the full value out of anything they share. So this is what Startafire is all about. Yeah, because I'm thinking, actually, Orion, of the most famous uh, initial viral campaign that started this whole kind of thinking about viral, which uh, obviously was uh, Hotmail. And, uh, you know, they had just a very simple uh, exercise of putting Hotmail at the bottom of, or sent with Hotmail. And uh, we've come on a lot, a long way from that those days, but uh, that's the essence of virality, isn't it, I guess? Exactly. It's about putting your signature or putting your name on some stuff that other people share or spread for you. That's the concept of virality, or if you go into the the mechanics about being something exponential that grows faster than you grow yourself, right? So, exactly. Automate is probably the first real example of virality over the internet. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of uh, app developers and app entrepreneurs listening to this show. And one of the things that we've learned from the the show is that uh, there's apps that nowadays put watermarks on the thing you're about to share. Uh, just in the last episode, we mentioned actually TimeHop, which has uh, the uh, frame it puts on there with, you know, sent by TimeHop. Uh, and uh, it's uh, a lot of use by apps now to watermark or put brand the stuff that uh, they are wanting you to share. And how are users, are, you know, like are dealing with that, that kind of branding? For, for us, this kind of branding is seamless, but we, we actually support it. What we do is we add our badge to any content that is being shared through Startafire. It can be a video, it can be an image, it can be a content. As long as it's a web content or a website and you share it through Startafire, you can put your signature or your badge on it. That way, anyone that is consuming the content or will consume the content from the link you share will know who is the one that you're responsible for sharing, for sharing this great content and will, and maybe you'll ask yourself, maybe I'll need to follow this guy uh, to get more, more great content. So it, the, the same logic exactly as you mentioned as Time Up or other apps that are adding watermarks, we are applying the same logic. Yeah, because this is now making me think that uh, a lot of the time, you know, social networks have really benefited from people sharing their content without acknowledging those people that are sharing. So what are you saying? You're saying almost in a way you're empowering the people that are helping the, you know, source of the content by acknowledging that they're the ones that are sharing this content. That's absolutely correct. And it's also, it's truthful for the aspect of the social network, as you mentioned, but it's even more important from the aspect of the content. Because if you think about an article on any other any large publisher now in the world, there is a trend now that as a traffic source, social media becomes more and more important. Maybe three or four years ago it was about zero percent. These days you have publishers that they get 30, 40, or even 70 percent of the traffic from social media. And those who share the content on social media, those individuals, uh, should get some kind of recognition 
or attribution for the, the huge value that they are generating for those publishers. And this huge value can be as a form of promoting themselves as a brand or their content or, they, uh, or the, their profile like, to gain more followers. So that's exactly what we are doing. Yeah, we, actually, if anyone uh, is listening to this, uh, the previous episode, uh, our episode uh, 363, we were talking about the Yo! campaign. And uh, what happened with the Yo! campaign is it all started from uh, the content was shared with one journalist and someone else read that and shared it in his source. And and then someone else read it and posted it somewhere else. And, and with three individuals, like it, it started to go viral. Um, and of course, yeah. those three individuals are massively important and were big influences. But it's nice to be able to track that back to that source. Is, is that what you're helping with in terms of Start a Fire, that you can track back these really important uh, influences who are starting to share your content? Yes. This is something that we are still working on, but it's coming soon in our roadmap. Our technology enables you as a content owner to see who shared your content and what is the path that it went through. So for the first time using Start a Fire, you will be able to know who are the individuals that you should promote your content to, to make it become viral, if it's yeah. a good content, of course. Obviously now it's becoming very clear to me that you know when you go to, a, say, a bushfire, uh, in California or the US, you see this huge, enormous fire. And they always try and trace it back to the, the root cause, you know, like barbecue or a, a campfire. And, and that's like your concept, isn't it? That you, you see everything everywhere, but it is nice to be able to trace it back to source so that you know that those people need to be what remunerated or, you know, certainly looked after. How would you thank or go after the individuals that perhaps started the fire for you? Have you got any tips on, on that? The best thing for us is to, to approach them directly, to approach them through, through, through Twitter mainly or LinkedIn, depends on, the, on that individual, and just to approach him. And, and if you shared your content in the past, and you probably like that content, so you probably would put it again, uh, if, it's, if it's also a great content. Uh, but the more important to that Spotify is doing, it does, it's not only tracing the source, but also tracing the path. So I'll just give you an example. We, we just released a report a couple of weeks ago. So we had a user that shared, shared content, a third-party content for, of some a very good publisher. And that content didn't go viral very fast. But a few days later, some, some of his followers picked it up and copied that content to his Twitter account. And some of his followers copy that content to Acura News and Reddit. And this link ca caught fire very, very quickly and got about 200k page views within a few hours. And it, it happened only through three or four days after the first link was shared. So you, only using Start of Fire, we, we could trace that path and that track of that link spreading and who shared it first and we reshared or retweet and then put it on Acura News and from there it went to Reddit and over there it's, it's exploded. So that, that path is very, very interesting because as a content owner that you would like to see content, you can retrace that path and target specific points on that path to try to spread your future content. Because you know it worked in the past, so for the first time we enable content owners to have access to this data and do that. 
uh, yeah, uh, I'm loving this because uh, I am a content creator. You know, at the end of the day, we are creating this episode, uh, you know, some awesome content. And uh, it, it sometimes, you know, I've, I've had incidents where you'll uh, turn up and someone would have listened to the podcast and it's in like a very remote place, like either Bali or uh, Dubai. I've had incidents where, the, you know, people have come up and said, oh, yeah, I listen to your show. I've got no way of knowing... Uh, how, how they eventually got to it, you know, it's usually shared or something. But what you're saying is that we now can track the path. Uh, what I was going to ask you is, how repeatable is, is it? I'm guessing that it's nice to track lots of bits of the path because not it's not a repeatable path that can be, you know, completely done again, but, but uh, that you could start to look at the people sharing along the path and then realize who the key people are, you know, in that, in that path. Yeah. So it, it's absolutely correct. You can recognize all the key people and you can approach them directly. And in the past few months since we started Fire, because Startify, by the way, is still an invite-only product, since then we've learned a lot. For example, we've learned that there isn't a direct correlation to the, to the number of followers somebody has or has and, uh, and to the amount of traffic you generate. You see individuals with hundreds of thousands of followers that shares a lot of content, but their followers are rarely on the content, so they, they barely generate any traffic. And you see other individuals with maybe 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers that get amazing engagement from those followers because their followers really love them and really appreciate it. So by doing that, you can tell you not only how much followers somebody have or how, how many people they can potentially approach, but how many people he actually is approaching. From his followers as first degree, second, third, fourth degree, and so on. So this is a new concept that, that, is, that we've learned in the past few months, which is very, very surprising. And um, this is something that, we, that we, got, we, we will apply to help the individuals and brands who are using Sada Fire to better understand how they spread their content and how they spread their own social presence to promote themselves as a brand. And their content, of course, over it. I, I am loving this conversation because it is, really hits a mark for me. Example in my experience is that we've had a lot of guests on these shows, and uh, you know your episode three hundred and sixty-four. Uh, uh, we've had guests that have had, you know, enormous follower counts on, like example, Twitter, uh, wherever Facebook and other uh, Instagram, perhaps, and often. Like especially let's talk about Twitter because Twitter is like my uh, pet peeve here. Uh, th there could be like follower counts of, uh, as you say, hundreds of thousands. But when you get tweeted out, uh, absolutely no retweets and, and not any kind of impact. Now, I have actually a low Twitter following. Uh, but when I look at my sum all stats, uh, where the sum all taps into, uh, you know, like how many people actually view your a tweet, whether it's retweeted or whatever. And, and I can see that, you know, like it's uh, averaging between 2.9 million uh, sometimes uh, every month, uh, which you would never guess from my follower count. So, so exactly. yeah, yeah, what have you learned then from uh, like the aspects of how to break down your uh, Twitter stats uh, and the ones that you can you can identify that are, are really important to you know as opposed to just follower count. What what are the really important stats within your Twitter account? So we still we we, we still don't think we figured out. Honestly, we, we are being surprised like all the time of accounts that are doing very, very well using Startup Fire. 
accounts that are not as doing well as we anticipated. Uh, but what we've learned for fact is that the number of followers is not a metric for everything, for, for anything, sorry, for anything. The number of followers is not, you can't, fully, you can't really know how much engagement this account will generate. And also the number of links or content that this account shares also is not, an, is not a, a metric for So only after we, we, we see a, a very significant variance between different accounts or in their engagement. And this is something that we still have to figure out how to predict it before they, they start using start of fire and before we can see the data. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm really appealing to the apps to tribe listening to this now. And I know that there's a lot of people who have been very excited that maybe they got a, a mention in uh, like a big Twitter following or, uh, you know, maybe they ha are having to strike deals with um, big influencers because it is a really good way of promoting an app, you know, by approaching an, a big influencer and working out a deal where they take a percentage share of the app for promoting. But what you're saying is that it's actually really hard to uh, uh, predict the engagement level because no one's going to uh, promote or give you their, the amount of like uh, visits or clicks of a link that they've shared. That's, that's just stats we don't have. Uh, you, you didn't have... Until start of fire. Once you're using start of fire and you're sharing content using start of fire, you can see how it spreads. Of course, uh, and if you see, uh, but but Spotify is not about. We are speaking about the few minutes about tracking, about virality, and about how content evolves over social media. But honestly, that's like a side project that Spotify that we've learned in the past few months. What we are really focused on, what Spotify is all about, is giving you a seamless experience and make sure that you get the credit and attribution you deserve for sharing great content. So um, it's not about giving you the data. It, it, we also do that, but it's not about giving you the data, but it's actually giving you the exposure and to increase your audience base and to increase your exposure for content uh, to new audiences and to, to, to more people. So they will sign up to your product, they will download your app, they will do whatever you need them to do, maybe buy your product or whatever. But the basic of all of these things is about exposure, about getting more people and more brands to know about you and your brand. Yeah, because yeah, Oren, let, let's talk about the content creators that are coming to you and uh, using you. Are, are you able to talk about some of the content creators and uh, maybe we could sort of flesh out an example of, because uh, I, mean, I guess it's what, big brands uh, or are, are they uh, app startup companies that are, Tell us, tell us about your content creators. So, so it's not about uh, it's not about content creators. It's about brands who are sharing content. Right. Okay. So we're, we're talking about uh, brands like Nike or uh, Adidas or that kind of stuff. That's a, like a brand that create has their own in-house content creation. That's true. And most of the brands who are working with us also have in-house content creation, but they also sharing. Maybe between 40 to 60% of the content they are sharing is not their content. And when they are sharing third party content, they would like to make sure that all of their followers and followers and their followers' followers, etc., 
will know who shared that content and will get back to their original content from the third-party content. And that's where Spotify kicks in. So just to give an example, unfortunately, Nike and Adidas is still not using Spotify. Uh, that's why if they're listening to this, they should be. Come on, guys, they sign should, up. They should. <laughs> they should. And hopefully, hopefully it won't be the case. In the, uh, I, I don't know. I just had to pluck out I had to pluck out two brands from like, like just, and that's the two that immediately came to mind. But uh. <laughs> So I, I will give you an example from one of our brands who is well-known in the startup industry. And and is also generating great content in-house, which is CB Insights. CB Insights is a, CB Insights is a New York-based company, is a research company about the ITEC scene. Uh, then they produce great reports and great content about startups and trends and technology and all of that industry. Um, on top of that, in their Twitter account, they have about 50,000 followers and they are sharing a lot of their content, but some, sometimes they also share it can be an article from TechCrunch, Forbes, New York Times, or any other publisher. And using Startup Fire, they're adding their badge to this third party content. So if, for example, CB Insights now will share an article from the New York Times, they will add the Startup Fire badge that says shared by CB Insights. And CB Insights also recommends you to read this content from their actual blog. That way, they are generating great amount of traffic and great amount of value for their followers and their followers' followers by exposing them to more co- to more great content by CB Insights. And seamlessly and automatically, they are promoting their brand and sending more traffic to their content. So, so, so this actually, Oren, this might actually sort of spark more sharing as well. Because I can imagine, like, if you're a content creator like me, for example, uh, sometimes you, you are walking a tightrope between, oh, do I really want to share that awesome podcast uh, episode that I've heard from my competitor or whatever? <laughs> because uh, then everyone could go and start listening to something else. And, and, and uh, But if they acknowledge that, you know, you are the curator, because there's a big thing about curating, then, then maybe they'll stick with you. They, maybe they'll stick with you. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll keep following you because you great content and they, they love you for that. And in the future, they will hear more of your episodes. But that's true. That our we, we see for fact that from our users that once they're starting you start they started you start start a fire, they're they're sharing more curated content because they are less concerned that they're that they are sharing too much content that they don't own. Now, when they get a real, real measurable value out of the curated content they share, they are sharing more content because it just it makes it, it makes perfect sense for them. Yeah, they're becoming the trusted curator of uh, content, uh, and irrespective of where that content has uh, derived from, you know, right? Uh, so this is really fascinating. Uh, I'm just trying to think how best we can help maybe the. Uh, the indie app developers or the app entrepreneurs listening to this uh, who are not big brands, uh, but maybe uh, are, you know, curators in their own sense. Like, uh, have you got any tips for anyone who is uh, like a a content curator, say, for example, but is not a big brand? uh, Or Yeah. So since Startup Fire is fully fully automated and works seamlessly, 
it, the amount of value that will get out of it is by the amount of followers you have and the amount of engagement that your social accounts are generating. But even if you have a few hundred followers, you will still get some value out of it. And since it's completely free and since it's fully automated, you just need to sign in, turn, turn it on and enjoy the free traffic and the free social presence engagement that we are creating for you. So this is about that. About my personal tip is start by building yourself some kind of social presence and communicate with your followers. You know, it's like sounds like a cliche because everybody is saying you should speak with your customers or users and and build and build a social presence and build for a, 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 a fan base. It, it is a cliche, but it's true. It's very very important to do that. But and once you start doing that, to get the most out of the or out of your audience by creating content, you should use that fire. So I have a highly relevant sponsor for this show. It's called Gummy Cube. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. Gummy Cube. And they are the world's best experts when it comes to app store optimization. Now, what they can do is help you answer these questions. What are the best keywords to target for your app? What's the best name for your app? What's the best description? You see, Apple and Google use those details to rank your app. So you need to be thinking about them, you need to be A-B split testing them and, and just doing a lot of work with App Store optimization. So to take the headache away from you, just go and use the world's best experts in App Store optimization, that's GummyCube. So I want to thank GummyCube for being an awesome sponsor and just remind you that you can go to www.gummycube.com and go and check out what they can do for you. Thanks very much for supporting the show. So let me thank the sponsor of the show and they're really cool. It's Apptentive and they will give you the ability to communicate very effectively with your users. They have a, a dashboard insight where you can see lots of different ways on how your customers are using your app, who they are, what they care about. And then you get a chance to talk to them and Apptentive will encourage you through the dashboard to think about ways to communicate with them. It really makes your journey as an app entrepreneur way more effective by using uh, Apptentive's uh, dashboard. So uh, to get a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That is apptentive.com forward slash appguy. It's free to sign up and they will be able to give you uh, a free mobile app consultation. Thank you so much to Apptentive for being so supportive. So and there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye, Orin. One is that uh, you know, sometimes we love to find out about the entrepreneurs to be inspired by the, the journey of others. And I wondered how you actually, you know, ended up running this business. Can, can you tell us about like your uh, journey towards working for yourself? And uh, you know, what's it like? What's it like? What's a sort of average day like to be your own boss? I was, uh, it was clear to me that I'm going to be an entrepreneur since I can even remember. While I was still in junior high, when I was like 13 or 14, I actually started to build my first business. I started to build, to build and sell computers and fix other people's computers in school or in the neighborhood while, while I was still a teenager. And I actually generated a significant amount of revenues out of it. Then. Um, 
after then I, 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 I grew up in Israel, so after school you go to the army. In the army I served as a, as a software developer, and then after the army I went to to the university to and get, got my bachelor my bachelor in mathematics. One and at the same time I, I worked as a full time employee at, at, at a very large enterprise, and that was my only ever. Job as, as as an employee for a different company. Ori, were you ever tempted to go down the career path at any time? You know, were you or were you just always convinced that the entrepreneurial kind of endeavors were your life? That, yeah, that, that I was. All, it was never a question. I I really I struggled to 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 stay for a few years in the same company where I was just an employee. And during my last semester, I left. That company and built my first company, which is Tapingo, Tapingo.com, which enables people, mainly in the U.S. students in the U.S., to skip the line by ordering coffee or food uh, from the mobile device in, in, in universities. I, I I've been the, the I founded that company and acted as the CEO of the company for four and a half years until Oday, my co-founder, who started a fire, approached me and told me, "Listen, like." We were childhood friends, we, are, we always wanted to work together, now we have this opportunity. So I decided to leave my previous company and build this new company with Odette. But the part of being an entrepreneur was always, always, always obvious to me and it was never a question. It wasn't, it, it wasn't always easy. Actually, usually it's very, very hard. But it's, uh, it's something that was inherent in me that since I can remember. So, so there, anyone listening now, a part of my Appster tribe, anyone uh, who is inspired by this, if you are the same as Orion, I would say just go for it. I mean, it's great. You're very lucky that you've always known this. Whereas, um, you know, I think a lot of people listening do get sidetracked by what society expects of them. And, uh, you know, you kind of go down to these career paths that perhaps we, we lose sight of it. And it's nice to be reminded that, um, you know, it's good to follow your dream and good to uh, always have in mind that that, that uh, it's never easy, but uh, being an entrepreneur is awesome. And so what a typical day then, uh, I know it's really hard to kind of um, go through, but because there's probably no typical day, but uh, what uh, give us a sense of what it, what it is like then uh, running this company and uh, what would a typical day be like? So the, the thing about being an entrepreneur that, you don't have any, at least for myself, you don't, I don't have any separation from or any life-work balance. <laughs> right, so okay, yeah. I, you don't need I, a work-life balance because work is, is life itself, yeah? Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I married and a few months ago I had the first child, but still I'm constantly with emails and constantly working. It can be during the night or during the morning or like... Most of the people going to work nine to five, and at five, five o'clock they go home and forget about work till the day after. So, as an entrepreneur, it's completely not the case. Working twenty four seven, and you are thinking about work and about what you'd like to achieve and about what you'd like to change and what is wrong and what, what, what things that you need to fix and things that you need you need to to take care of twenty four seven. You don't have any separation between work. Or, or being at home because you're all, always available for emails and you're always available to work or to taking calls or to jump on a plane to meet a, an important customer or a partner or anything like that. The thing that 
struck, struck me as the most important thing as an entrepreneur is not about working hard, it's not about working 24 hours a day, but it's about being very, very available and to know what are your, your priorities. It's better to leave the office every day at 5, but being available to take calls and emails 24-7, instead of being in the office every day until 8, but at 8 like to disappear. Okay? So these are my two cents about being an entrepreneur. And also very important, to, you, should do, you should build a company that relates to you, that you can do, that you care about, that you truly love what you're doing, and that you can, you can be good at it. A lot of people say, follow your passion. So following your passion is very important, but you have to make sure that you also put that on, on, on this specific vertical or this specific industry. Somebody once said that don't follow your passion because you can, you can see American Idol, right? You see a lot of people that have great passion for singing, but they're very, very bad at that. So follow your passion is not a thing. It's about following your passion while you are still good at it. And you need to always measure yourself, understand if you are doing a good job or not, and if you, you need to bring somebody else to help you or anything like that. That is truly inspirational, and I want everyone listening to this now to think about uh, that. What what is their own passion, but also what is it that they're good at? And you know, like for me personally, uh, I loved meeting people. I love networking. I love ch- chatting, and it just became apparent that podcasting. Uh, I was very good at it as well, and uh, so be it. I'm now following my passion, and and actually. You want to go back and listen to my first five to ten episodes. They were dreadful. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> I was so bad. Uh, but I've got a lot better because I keep practicing the craft. And uh, that's, the, I guess, available to, to anyone. So really inspirational stuff, Oren. Oh, we're going to try and squeeze this last thing in. Uh, I always, uh, almost ask every single guest, uh, you know, this is a show about apps. If you could just give us one of, like, a really awesome app that you could recommend to us, maybe one that we haven't come across before. Honestly, I don't think that I have something, I don't use any special app that nobody else is using. Uh, what's on I your home screen then? Pick up your phone, what, what have you got on your home screen, even if it's an app that... Um... So, I got Gmail, Facebook, WhatsApp. WhatsApp I use a lot, both for social life and work. Um, Gmail, WhatsApp and probably Facebook and Twitter are the most the apps that I use most. Are you actually using the native Twitter app or using some other third party app? No, native Twitter app. Right. Yeah. Um, I gave up that because uh, it was like just getting the overwhelming timeline was, was um, just really hard to keep up with. So, uh, but uh, how, how, here's one then. How are you actually using your Twitter app on your phone? Uh, are you literally scrolling through everything that you see from your timeline or are you segregating it somehow in lists? Tell us how you're using your app and, and how you keep up to speed with all the tweets. Yeah, so we, I actually separate my Twitter my Twitter to two different use cases. One as a person of just, you know, to, to comment on people and follow people, so that's my personal basic Twitter app on my, on my phone. But to professional-wise, to, to track my company's progress and people that mention us and like to, to manage a few different conversations, I'm using TweetDeck on desktop, and TweetDeck is amazing. I think I, it's it's de- unfortunately it's a des- it's a, I'm using it on desktop, so I can recommend on, on the desktop version. But it's one of the most important apps 
if you manage a large Twitter account with a lot of conversations at the same time, many if you're more than one person with access to that account. Yeah, it it um, it just shows you that uh, even though you get something as powerful as Twitter, you still need third party apps to uh, manage the whole thing. And uh, oh, cool, that's great! What a great inspiring journey that we've just gone through and uh, there's going to be full show notes on uh, episode 364 so anyone listening uh, wants to get access to uh, the, the links with things we've mentioned go to go to the appguy.co and uh, just search our episode uh, 364 uh, but in the meantime how can people best reach out to you or your company or in what's the best way of getting in touch so all the basic stuff, both email and Twitter, we are very, very available. Usually we reply within a couple of hours, both email and Twitter. So feel free to email us at lowestartafire.com or email me directly at o-r-e-n at startafire.com or just go to our Twitter account and tweet us, which is startafire.com. Terrific. Thank you very much for making yourself available for this show. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed going through the journey and uh, we wish you all the best with Start a Fire. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. You have a great show and I'm one of your biggest fans and always follow. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com and thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show. Also remember this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They are sponsoring this show. Go and show them some love. Go and check out apptentive.com forward slash app guy. It's a unique page set up for us and they get to try uh, to help you with a free mobile app consultation. Uh, it will enable you to do effective two-way communication with your users of your app. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy apptentive.com forward slash app guy thank you so much to apptentive for supporting the show so do remember to go check out that episode with sticky nine because it's a great episode and also the fact that we got featured by apple makes uh, the whole thing uh, really worthwhile uh, what a great outcome and uh, you know only six days after we started uh, doing our promotion and using platforms like product hunt uh, you know, it was a, a challenge day as well. You know, we didn't finish uh, as high as we thought we would do. And um, it's just nice to know that Apple do think that the product is, and the app is, is pretty awesome because they've put it as the best new app. And uh, who knows, I mean, uh, we, we don't have a magic wand to uh, have uh, Apple, uh, you know, promote these apps, but uh, it does show that uh, this has happened to me quite a few times now where uh, the app is featured uh, shortly after uh, our promotional efforts and uh, as a result of this show. So uh, it's, it's a great um, learning curve for all of us, definitely worth listening to. And uh, if you've got any feedback on that, any feedback on the Sticky Nine promotional day, then let me know. It's uh, paul at theappguy.co or you can get hold of me on Twitter, paul underscore s underscore camp. Thanks so much and looking forward to uh, delivering another episode soon.